Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will How was your birthday? You know what? I think I think it was probably great. What was your favorite part? <laughs> Um, you know, there's just so many wonderful things, but it, it's probably the reflection upon all the blessings God's given me in my life. I mean, wife, you family, have, you have cake. to do that because your birthday is right here at the end of the year. I yeah, no kidding. On my birthday, which is in the middle of the year, I don't do any reflecting. <laughs> I just do a lot of eating. <laughs> then afterwards, I reflect. Yeah, I do that too. <laughs> Let's talk about Psalm 18 today on this last day of the year. I'm going to read from the New American Standard, and I want to begin in verse 29, and I'm going to go all the way to verse 42. Psalm 18, 29 through 42, New American Standard. For by you I can run upon a troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is blameless. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a shield to all who take refuge in him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? The God who girds me with strength and makes my way blameless. He makes my feet like hinds feet and sets me upon my high places. He trains my hands for battle so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation and your right hand upholds me and your gentleness makes me great. You enlarge my steps under me and my feet have not slipped. I pursued my enemies and overtook them and I did not turn back until they were consumed. I shattered them so so that they were not able to rise. They fell under my feet, for you have girded me with strength for battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. You have also made my enemies turn their backs to me, and I destroyed those who hated me. They cried for help, but there was none to save, even to the Lord, but he did not answer them. Then I beat them fine as the dust before the wind. I emptied them out as the mire of the streets. So I know yesterday we were talking some, I know it's powerful, uh, we were talking some about all of this poetic imagery God cast in this picture of, you know, the darkness under his feet and bending mountains and the smoke out of his nostrils and all such as this. And and how David was interpreting through biblical imageries of God's judgment and God's deliverance his own experiences. Okay? Now in this section that you read, there's still some of that poetic expression pounding enemies into dust, right? But at the same time, you know what I can say about David? He really did swing swords around. Mm. He really was a soldier. He really did do hand-to-hand combat. Uh, and so, and so, yeah, I mean, there, there's the, the poetry of this, the, the metaphor, but honestly, his life was in the Lord's hands on many occasions, and, and he credits God for his victories. Well, he told... He told um, Solomon that he couldn't build the temple because God had said he was a man of bloodshed. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the kind of life he did lead, uh, starting with Goliath and on. However, let, let me, let's hang on to that metaphorical idea and some of this figurative poetic language. Because, again, one of the things that stands out to me is how in that heading of this psalm, Saul is called out. Okay. It's in the day when he's defeated all his enemies and delivered from Saul. And yeah, that's right. So, so Saul is called out as like the epitome of David's deliverance. Uh-huh. 
none of this happened with Saul, at least not from David. David didn't do anything with like this with Saul. In fact, what you have in David's battle with Saul, it's like God is saying, you stay out of it. I'll take care of this. Well, David understood it that way. And isn't it interesting? When it's time to go face the Philistine giant, King Saul and all of Israel's forces are fearful to go down and fight that champion. David uh, goes down and, and doesn't even wear armor or anything. He takes his rod, he takes his sling and his stones, and the battle belongs to the Lord, right? But David was, as we've pointed out, slinging the rock, all right? There's going to be literal bloodshed going on that day. And, and he so takes ma- up the sword. Yeah, and so many of those battles with the Philistines, and even later as he's king, right? But that's not the way that he could or should defeat a King Saul. Keep in mind, it's before the Battle of Saul that the people said David has slain his ten thousands, Saul his thousands. Yeah. So David is even pursuing in these battles with the Philistines. He is, and he's famous for it. A mm-hmm. great, great warrior. And he pounds them into dust, which is what dust. happens in those battles. And we need to remember, uh, that's God's judgment. The so, Israelites were the instruments of God's judgment on the uh, wickedness of the idolatry and all the things that were going on in and, that and, and, sinfulness. And David's a skilled, victorious warrior on, on many fronts. So why is it, why is it when King Saul and Saul's army, loyal to him, are chasing David and his men of valor all around the wilderness in Judea, that David doesn't just um, sling a rock at King Saul? Because he will not put his hand out against the Lord's anointed. Why would he not do that? Because that's against God's will. Ah. But the, the the really cool thing on this is that with against Saul, okay, I'll get it out here in a second. Against Saul, this this psalm is still true. It's just it wasn't David on the battlefield. David was not the one who was who was actually he didn't he did not thrust a spear through Saul. No, he did not. He did not beat Saul into dust. And yet this psalm is talking about not only his victory over the Philistines, not only his victory over the Edomites and the Moabites and the Ammonites and all those other ites, it's also about his victory over Saul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But David, I mean, David really did nothing but run when it came to the victory over Saul. And yet he's able to see this is God acting on my behalf. He fought that battle by stepping back and letting God fight the battle. Yeah, and that is so powerful. And the discernment to know when to step back and and when to engage. But I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said he understood that Saul was the Lord's anointed, which means only the Lord can deal with him. Going back to Goliath, you, you talked about how he stepped onto the battlefield without armor. I think it's interesting that in yeah, the psalm, we've got these pictures of armor. Yeah, that's the, right. The shield of salvation. We definitely talk about that. Yeah, this, as he's talking about the shield of salvation and God being with him and his right hand supporting him. There are a couple of connections here, I think, to, or maybe what I should say is from Ephesians chapter 6. There are some imagery, there's some connection back to this idea, or at least some some parallels that we ought to think about. Well, we definitely should think about it. And again, in the sense of these metaphors relying on the Lord's strength and the Lord's deliverance in our own spiritual battles. Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. I recognize that Ephesians is not quoting Psalm 18, no. but there's this parallel imagery. We are in a battle. And I think it's really important. Uh, in- well, I think it's not just that we are in a battle, but the Lord is the strength in this battle, that victory is going to come from the Lord. I mean, that's brought out in Ephesians. Be strong in the Lord and in his might. It's it's not our strength. And David really began this psalm on that note, didn't he? Psalm 18 and verse 17, He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me, for they were too mighty they were too for, strong me. for me. Yeah. Think about the enemy that we see in Ephesians 6. The devil and all these principalities and spiritual host of wickedness. In heavenly places and yeah. cosmic darkness. And that's kind of frightening. I think it's terrifying. And those enemies are too powerful for us. They are. I think I think sometimes I can look at Psalm 18 and I think, well, that's that's a psalm for a bygone era. Okay. That's that's a psalm for those days when Israel was conquering the Philistines and God was using them to judge and so there were these enemies that were taking up arms and you know, we're not doing that. And even here in the New Testament, we recognize that if our enemies were to attack us in some type of physical military way, we're not supposed to respond back that way. That's, that is not what we do. Paul very specifically says that is not our instrument of battle. So we know that's not where we are anymore. So Psalm 18 is a psalm for a bygone era until, until I realize that there are some enemies that are attacking in a very um, strong, mighty way. Yeah, it may not be physical, but it's still real. It's still real. It's still real. I like that. It's it may not, not be physical, physical but it's but still it's real. True. In fact, it may be more real. Yeah. It may be more real because that battle is about not just what happens in this temporary life, but about what happens eternally. Yeah, and we're lo- we're locked in this wrestling, this flesh and blood struggle, or excuse me, wrestling, but not against flesh and blood. Yeah. This struggle is for souls. And our enemy is too mighty for us. Yeah. But by the strength and power of God... When we put on his armor, mm-hmm. we can run against a troop. Isn't it interesting? Some of the same, um, what, tools, elements of armor appear in both Psalm 18 and in Ephesians 6. Explain. Well, for instance, the shield. Okay? The shield seems to be a big one. It, it is a big one. Uh, back in Psalm 18, you've got the shield of salvation, you read. Um, but here in... Ephesians, it's the shield of faith, isn't it? Hmm. And that the shield of faith is that which can quench the fiery arrows or the missiles of, of the evil one. Of course, I feel like I read maybe somewhere in Ephesians that we're saved by grace through faith. So maybe there's a connection there between <laughs> salvation between faith and, and salvation. Faith. Maybe. <laughs> you might be onto something we there. might have just broke something here. Well, he doesn't mention the shoes, but he does mention in several places here the stability and the fact that my feet don't slip. And so there's that yeah, same so imagery. Ephesians 6, the, the feet are sh- what, shod, shod with, with the, the preparation, preparation of, of the, the gospel. gospel of peace. Yeah. Yeah. 
and here you've got the steady footing. In fact, the way the New King James renders it, he makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on high places. Uh, verse 33, my high places. Well, verse 36, you gave a wide place for my steps under me and my feet did not slip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And verse 38, I thrust them through so they were not able to rise. They fell under my feet. So here, here are all these this imagery of the steady stability that we have because of the gospel. And with that verse, what was it, 38, about the thrusting them, right? We're told in Ephesians 6 that there is this sword, and that is the word of God. The sword of spirit is the word of God. I don't know that here in the psalm it's necessarily um, specified what tool is used for the thrusting. Well, I do know that instead of a sword, you have the bow of bronze, Okay. I think that's interesting. So, so in, in Ephesians, in Ephesians, we've got the enemy. The firing devil's arrows the one shooting us. arrows. Yeah, but, but here we're firing arrows back. So, uh, just just a fascinating thing. And I I want to remember we have an enemy. We have an enemy who is fighting against us, and it's an enemy that's too great for us. But in the armor of the Lord, in the battle of the Lord, the and Lord in is the my strength, strength. Of the Lord, the yeah. Lord. So notice this in 18 verse 37, I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn back again till they were destroyed. There is God who is our our rock and our shield, but God who is also a strength to keep on fighting because there's victory. And in the end, we win. We win our spiritual battle in Christ in the Lord. A minute ago, I got tangled up because I was trying to look for a verse, and I found it. It's verse 30. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. There's the word of the Lord. Yeah, I knew the word of the Lord was in here somewhere. (laughs) Anyway, you can't win the battle. Uh, I mean, you know, (laughs) Captain Obvious, right? (laughs) That's just too good. (laughs) So, listen, you can't win the battle without the word. Amen to that. I'm just going to leave that that in, too. We're not even going to outtake that. We are going to wrap up. (laughs) We need to wrap up. We need to wrap up. It's actually uh, New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be turning the page on the calendar, and it'll be 2021 tomorrow. And uh, we want to go with God through it. Edwin, would you lead us in a word of prayer? Lord God, thank you so much for 2020. And that sounds odd to even say that out loud, but it's been a refining fire and it's produced opportunity and it's caused us to realize how much we need you. And it's caused us to realize some of the, the darkness that is still in our souls that rose to the top in times of trial. But we recognize that in that refining fire and in those various trials, you produce steadfastness and steadfastness can have its full effect, making us perfect and complete. And so we thank you for that. But Lord, we're ready to move on to a new phase and we pray for a new year and we pray that whatever comes in this coming year, whether it's more of what we've had this year or whether it's a new day, we pray that you would walk with us hand in hand just as you have through 2020. And we are looking forward, Lord, not to what we will accomplish in the coming year, but to what you will accomplish. And we pray, Lord, that you would make your heavenly Jerusalem a praise in the earth, that you would make your heavenly city, your church, your people, your kingdom something that all the nations and the kings of the nations would recognize and see as a jewel in your hand, that you would wondrously show your favor upon your people, that folks will know that it really does matter who your God is. And Lord, we pray that your name will be hallowed, that your kingdom will come, that your will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you for letting us be a part of that plan. It's through your son, Jesus, that we pray all of these things. Amen. Amen. 
Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Happy New Year, Andrew. Aren't you a day early? Well, it's New Year's Eve. Aren't I allowed to say that today? Don't you go around saying that today? Aren't you going to be here tomorrow? (laughs) I will be here tomorrow. Well, let's do Happy New Year tomorrow. You want me to do that tomorrow? I do. Okay. Actually, you're going to come in late, but when you do, (laughs) it'll be a Happy New Year. It sure will. Here, the last day of the year. The last day of the year 2020. The year 2020. I think there was probably a time this year when we said this couldn't get here fast enough. 